This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast session number 201, Adventures in Hope, Healing, and Happiness. Five, six, seven, eight. Hello there and welcome to session number 201 of the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast. I'm Annette Bone and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a 20 plus year hiatus, the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful creatives I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. Dancer, educator, choreographer, well accomplished in the academic arena social advocate, certified massage therapist, certified yoga instructor, explorer, adventurer, and an all-around kind, beautiful soul. This is Kelly Foreman, who is the National Director of Everybody Dance Now. Kelly and I had a chance to meet at the fifth anniversary funk celebration by Digs Deeper at a wonderful facility in downtown Los Angeles called Createington. And I loved our conversation. We talked about a bunch of different things, as you will hear from her dance journey to going back to school when she didn't think that she was going back when she was bored with ballet and living in New York and now living in India with her husband. And um, it's been wonderful to hear where things have taken her because of her curiosity and inquisitiveness to dig deeper into dance history and what had interested her and things that she felt needed to be said. So I am so excited to bring this conversation to you with Kelly Foreman. And before we get into that, here is our sponsor, Fuse Movement Long Beach, for this episode 201. Thank you so much for joining me. This session of the Dancepreneuring Studio is brought to you by Fuse Movement Long Beach, a judgment-free zone and an all-inclusive studio offering adult fitness, dance, and wellness workshops. It can be intimidating to walk up to a dance or fitness studio for the first time, but Fuse Movement is a safe space to move and have fun. For more information, visit them at FuseMovementLB.com. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. So, Kelly, I had the pleasure and the honor of meeting you at this amazing event that I still can't stop thinking about. All the things that I've learned, the people that I've met, you know, like yourself and at the Digs Deeper fifth anniversary funk celebration. And you know, it stood out to me the way the team worked and uh, the cohesiveness, the friendliness, just the welcoming environment. It's You don't experience that a lot, at least in my experience. I did not experience that a lot in my dance journey. And so it was so refreshing. It was so exciting. The music, everything about it. I'm so glad I went. Did you get involved with Digs Deeper before or after Everybody Dance Now? Because you got involved in Everybody Dance Now in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Actually, yeah, 2013 is when um, I just started part-time with Everybody Dance Now as the Santa Barbara chapter director. Um, So, yeah, I've been working with them for a bit and... Uh, you know, I had heard of Jojo's name through the grapevine. I'd seen, uh, videos of her 
I was very inspired by her movement. And then I looked into her work and um, yeah, she was just always kind of on my radar. But then I was speaking with a, a dear mentor and, and friend up at York University, Mary Fogarty. And, uh, you know, I'd gone up to a conference up there for hip hop uh, dance studies and um, got to know her. And we were talking one day and she was like, you should connect with Jojo. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. You know, Jojo. Um, and she was like, yeah, yeah, let me connect you. So connected us on Facebook. And I was like, hey, you know, I trust Mary. And so like, is there anything you have coming up that I can be involved with? And she was like, well, not really in California, but this year we have our uh, anniversary in Washington, D.C. And um, this is who's going. And there was like, Buddha Stretch and Samo and Monsell. And I was like, <laughs> I've never been to DC and I love these people and Ken, Ken Swift and all, I mean, it was just Asia One, all these people. Um, and I was like, I'm, I'm down, I'm going. Um, hey, I don't know if this is too for JoJo, but do you need more volunteers at this event? I'll pay my way, I'll, I'll rent space. I, I want to go to this event and I want to help out. And I think, you know, at first she was like, wait, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think I come off a little strong sometimes when I'm like following my heart. Um, but also I was being a bit selfish kar karmically. You know, I run a lot of events and I think, I mean, just for our communities, pretty small events. And I think it's good to help out other people's events. That is what I do in order to always receive the karma of people helping out last minute with my events for our community. So um, anyway, I, and I wanted to go to DC. So basically, um, uh, you know, just spoke with her for a couple months ahead of time, helped out with, I think some of the email lists and I don't know, some backend work. I, I was just helping out. Um, and then uh, also, uh, I don't know if that point, Everybody Dance Now became the fiscal sponsor yet or not, but she needed a 501c3 to to have a, uh, be an umbrella organization under uh, for fundraising. So uh, I think that was when we solidified it. I, I forgot if it was then or, or the second an anniversary. So anyway, um, so I go there and uh, basically like uh, the car place mixed up my car and gave me this huge SUV. And I was like, why do I have this huge SUV with like eight seats? I, I don't need it, but whatever. I just got to get to the event. And mind you, I end up being the person driving around all of these guest artists every single morning, night and evening. And there's like, you know, seven of them. So I needed the, that space in the car. And Jojo was kind of like, you're saving grace because I don't know what we would have done. We didn't have enough people to like drive these people around. And, you know, um, I was getting like three, four hours of sleep because I was also going to school and finishing up midterms online. <laughs> so it was a really crazy event. But I think she she saw like, oh, I'm totally here. I'm dedicated. And then we got to know each other on on a deeper level in person. And then, um, from there we, we just stayed connected and, um, uh, kind of more online. We saw each other at different events and whatnot, but then, uh, yeah, she reached out again to, to have us be involved and be the fiscal sponsor for the second anniversary event. It was in LA and it's like, of course I'm going to be there. So we, we actually, I think had 
two volunteers from EDN come down and and help out the event all weekend. And, you know, I, I just love the community. I, I'm not into battling. I'm really into partying, social dancing, and taking class. But I'll battle if, like, somebody makes me because it's fun. But, yeah, so I'm always down to just kind of, like, help out and then party on the side with people. Um, I do this in a lot of cities, actually, with different organizations, like, Step Your Game Up. I've done it for like three, four years now in New York. Um, Ladies of Hip Hop, like uh, Rep Your Style. So just any event that needs help. I I love organizing and being that person at the front that welcomes you. Because I've definitely been to the events where they're like, where's your money? (laughs) You know, and you're like, um... (laughs) I feel like I'm at like a really intense club or something instead of a community event. So yeah, anyway, that's, that's definitely it. But as far as what Jojo is doing, you know, it's, it's incredible. Um, I'm actually going to join the mentor program as of last week, she invited me and uh, the mentor program, I'm still getting to know it, but is like, you know, basically listening to a younger community member and and taking them through it is all volunteer taking them through a mentorship process and I still have to learn exactly what the format is but man I I love that t- type of stuff and I think we need more of that in the community more communication less social media time and um that's just like a small instance of what she does and you know she also really holds her team uh accountable and is always encouraging integrity. Like if you're going to show up and you're two minutes late, like she'll text you when you were supposed to be there. Hey, you're two minutes late. And then you're like, oh yes, I did not uphold integrity. I am two minutes late. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where when you join the team, you have to really show that you're committed and do what you're going to do. And, um, you know, I honor that so greatly and uh, uh, with her and that whole, that whole team, Kathleen, everybody. I love how you talked about that process of, oh my goodness, why do I have this SUV? And it turned out (laughs) you were supposed to have it for all of that, even as tiring as it was. And there's so much that you said, so many directions we can go with this. And and it's probably going to come up in some of these other questions. But, you know, with your academic background in dance and getting your degree and studying the way you did, and then also having the amazing commercial experience that you've had, how did you look at the two worlds of academic and commercial being actually being out in the industry. Mm-hmm. Did it, did your academic um, background help? And then also with um, gosh, well, let's, uh, let's get okay. that first. And then I have another question about, about what you yeah. just said. So I, I'm curious to, to see what you, to hear what your perspective is on, you know, cause you've, you've, you're very accomplished in both of those worlds. So how did you make those two work together? Did you feel any kind of conflict? Did you run into any kind of conflict? What would you say about that? Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's start back at Missouri. I I grew up in small town, Missouri. So you got to understand I had one teacher, one dance teacher, and we would have to travel three to four hours on the weekends. And sometimes I would drive all the way down to Texas nine hours by myself to go train with other teachers. So in the Midwest, it was very like, and at that time we didn't have much YouTube and you know what I'm saying? Like everything was just coming up at yes. that time. So 
really what we saw was for outside dancing was like MTV and BET, right? <laughs> so these, you know, this is a different time than it is now. So I, I small town Missouri, small town mentality, uh, coming from a business family, they were like, go to KU, get your dance degree and minor in business or, or double major with business and just get that out of the way. And then you can do whatever you want. At that time, I didn't even know the possibilities of what a professional career could look like. I had no idea. I was just following basically what my only dance teacher did, which was major in dance at KU. So Kansas University. So, you know, at night or 18, uh, I went to KU for a year on a full dance scholarship and uh, went through the program. And it was a train wreck for me, not because the program was not great, but because it was so old school. It was modern and ballet. And I was bored out of my mind. God, can we please do something else? And I didn't want to join the dance team because it was like pom pom squad. And I was like, (laughs) and one day in rehearsal, you know, uh, mind you, I was kind of still hungover because we, you know, I'd go out dancing with my friends to try to make make up for the time, you know. And uh, what one morning, I'm just sitting there in rehearsal, and my friend Tim Flattery looks over at me and he's like, you need to go to New York. You need to get out of here. This is killing you. He was like, Kelly, you, you just look horrible. You, you're so much better than a dancer than you, you can be here and um, go. And I was like, okay, so what do I do? And then he told me about this program at Broadway Dance Center that he had gone through. And it was a summer program. And he was like, at least go for the summer and figure out if you want to stay. So I was like, okay, all right, well, this is something I can apply for. So the day that uh, the application opens, you know, I, I apply, I send in my video, and the person that first received the video in my email is actually my now husband. My husband was oh wow dance internship. Yes, <laughs> Jed Foreman. Basically, uh, you know, I came back from spring break. I found out I was made it into the program. I called my parents, you know, I cried. I broke up with my boyfriend of four years. I was like, I am moving to New York. (laughs) um, In that same summer, I auditioned for So You Think You Can Dance and actually made it to the final cut in Vegas. So that was, that was really helpful to, uh, in obtaining an agent. I didn't even have to audition because I think they know if you make it to the last cut in Vegas, that you'd be pretty okay in any other audition. So yeah, that was, it was kind of a whirlwind. And then I ended up, you know, living in New York for the year, getting my resume, getting an agent, getting, uh, you know, Broadway Dance Center prepped me on auditions and, you know, I did a commercial Broadway auditions and then um, basically did a couple gigs, but, you know, uh, started dating Jed. <laughs> that was <laughs> I don't need to go into that. Um, he was working where I was the intern. But um, so we just looked at each other, uh, Jed and I, and we were like, let's go to LA. There's so much w- more work in LA. And so after only dating for three months, we moved out with one another and did a cross country trek. And um, 
moved out to Los Angeles. Oh, I should say I got a yoga certificate when I was in New York. I, I went through a month intensive training program um, just in case I couldn't get gigs in LA. <laughs> I could teach. Um, so then, yeah, uh, we started working in Los Angeles. I um, was with the same agent for a couple years and switched to GTA later on. Basically worked anywhere from Glee to burlesque shows to X Factor, uh, different commercials, Reebok, Coca-Cola. It was so fun. It was a blast. Like, you know, lots of rehearsals, uh, lots of auditions. I, I think I only took like five classes while I was there because I, I had to take a lot of yoga classes to kind of even my brain out from all, all of the stress mm-hmm. from the audition. And um, I also went through a uh, pretty intensive like body is- issue time. I guess I would call it an issue. You know, I was just way too skinny and, and I thought it was booking me gigs and maybe it booked me a couple gigs, but I could have been a lot healthier with how I was eating and carrying myself. But when you're anxious, you just kind of like, you just stress out and it just happens. <laughs> um, that happens a lot in Los Angeles. I've seen. So anyway, yeah. Um, after, after all of that, you know, the, my mind was not on going back to school whatsoever. It was just like, you know, how am I going to get my next gig? Like just working consistently. I was very blessed to be able to like pretty much support myself during that time. I don't know if there was like a boom in uh, job availabilities at that time, but it was a, it was a good time. But then, uh, yeah, we wanted a transition because it'd been like four or five years in LA and, you know, Jen and I were like, okay, we're ready for another transition. And he wanted to go back to school. He actually, um, is a dancer obviously as well, got a kinesiology degree, uh, at CSUN while we were there, uh, a master's <laughs> and, um, originally got a, a philosophy degree at Tufts and he was like, I want to go north for a little bit and just kind of think about my next steps. And we were studying Tibet. The whole time I was working in Los Angeles, we were studying Tibetan Buddhism under a Lama at a, at a Buddhist center, specifically the Gelugpa lineage. And so it's pretty intensive. Um, basically, you know, that those were our main friends were, were practicing Buddhists. And we went through 36 different um, courses <laughs> that Wow. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh. And a lot of memorization. We did a Maroque ceremony and we had to recite and memorize like a hundred questions. And so I guess we were kind of going to school during LA. Think about yes. it. Um, but again, the, the Buddhist, the Buddhist stuff for the meditation, the yoga, like really kept me balanced, I think. And I was still out of balance, but um, it, it also kept our brain going. It kept us engaged in new uh, philosophies and material and co- cultural conversations. So it was really um, that was that was a good time, um, good sangha. Uh, and then yeah, so sorry, I, I know I'm jumping around, but it it, it was so much that, that was going. No, it's very interesting. <laughs> keep going. It's very interesting your journey. So keep going. So then uh, we decide to just take a little bit of a wait. My apologies. For nine months, I went to massage therapy school. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hiatus. Um, so I was go-go dancing on the weekends to help make rent. And then 
going to massage therapy school. And I do fair, I very much appreciate my father helping me uh, with, with some of the finances around that. And uh, I think if anything informed my dance scene and my relationship to my body, it was going to massage therapy school. And I, I recommend that um, as well for anybody who has uh, any dancer who has the ability to do so. Uh, National Holistic Institute in Studio City is excellent. So, um, yeah, after that nine months, and I was working for a couple months in a uh, women's spa, basically just working on a lot of my my energy healing and deep tissue and you know uh, soft tissue release. We we decided to move north for a little bit of a break from Los Angeles and decide our next steps. So. Uh, Jen and I like to move a lot. So we moved to Ojai, <laughs> Cal. Oh, that's a great area. Oh my gosh, I love oh, Ojai. so fun. We, we lived in like, gosh, what was it? Was it three different? No. We lived in two different homes in Ojai um, during our time there. The first one didn't work out. It was too secluded in the mountains. And then the second one was very nice, very healing. Um and Jed worked from home. I worked from home. This is when I just started taking on EDN part-time. Um, everybody dance now. And so um, it, it was just at its very beginning stages. So we lived there for seven to eight months. Did the kind of like, okay, relaxing, settling in that we needed to. Part of the healing process for me was actually as a woman uh, regrounding and I hadn't had my period for four years, and we moved to Ojai, and within a month it came back. And um, that can kind of give you an idea of the stressors that were going on, yeah. So it was it was so nice to like finally feel grounded, and then we um, we actually then found out Jed got accepted into the UCSB program for Tibetan Buddhist studies, which is you know a very high level program for Tibetan Buddhism under Professor Cabazone and um, you know some in- incredible scholars. So we were like, let's let's go for it. So we um, moved. You know, I was a little stubborn because I did like Ojai, but we moved to Santa Barbara up up north. And when we made the move, uh, I didn't want to go back to school, but then I just realized. If Jed's going to be here for four or five years, why not? Why don't I just go back, you know, and and finish up my degree? And I could just do it in dance and I could run this nonprofit simultaneously and I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Um, and so I, I went to SBCC, got all of the uh, prereqs for a year and a half, two years then was admitted into UCSB's dance program. And that took about a year and a half, two years. And thankfully, you know, I I was able to get um, all of my schooling for free because I was uh, older and what's considered low income. So um, yeah, California does great about, you know, paying (laughs) for people's like me's way into finishing up their education. So, So that was, that was a blessing. But you know, I think that SBCC was just a lot of studying and like astronomy and going back to, you know, math and English. So I, I was fine with that process. I actually liked that process. But when I went to UCSB, it was so much modern in ballet. I thought I was going to be okay with it. And I wasn't. 
it was started to become hell to me. And it's not at the fault of these, you know, professors. And it wasn't the fault of the KU professors. It's just, I don't like it. I don't. (laughs) No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And actually, if I would have only had to take a ballet class for one quarter and a modern the next quarter, I think I would have been okay. But that was all that was required. And I just, you know, was thinking about everything that I was seeing in, in my time in the street dance world and then in the commercial world and in the theater world. And I was like, these people, unfortunately, are not be- getting you know, preparation for actual professional work in this day and age. So what are they doing? What are they doing here? Are they getting at dance history and embodied dance history, you know, um, degree? And these people are paying for it. I'm not paying for it. That's the reason I'm here. I'm just here for the certificate because it's free. So, you know, around the mid, mid year of my first year, I started realizing like, I need to do something in regards to higher education that's going to get my passions up. So I started taking a lot of black studies courses and that kept me engaged with, you know, the work that I was doing through with everybody dance now and in the street dance world. I should probably back up a little bit and explain that Before we moved to Santa Barbara, I don't think I was very much involved in the freestyle, what's considered the street dance community. And that's so ironic because I lived in New York and LA and my husband was like winning battles, right? And traveling all over to compete in battles. And I was not with him during that time. (laughs) I was just focused on my career. So when I got to Santa Barbara, you know, and I'm running this organization that's supposed to be teaching hip hop, right? And that's a whole another story that we can go into. You know, I'm I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, if I'm if I'm gonna be, you know, representing this thing, hiring teachers that are within the community, I need to delve way into the community. So I just started going to the local breaking sessions. I never done breaking in my life and I was completely embarrassed and like for the first like two three months I just did push-ups in the corner and watch and like <laughs> the only I'm the only woman like for weeks you know there's no uh there's no other women in the room it's all these young 19 20 year old whippersnapper boys uh flipping around and you know mind you like they became my family you know And we ended up hiring a few of them for our organization, expanding it in the area. And, uh, you know, found out that there's other freestyle artists in the community. And then I started to, like, travel to L.A. You know, we held our first battle that year. We brought up Breeze Lee, um, Miss Funk, Kid David, Showtime, trying to get some of these, like, primary sources from the LA community to come up and they all knew Jed. So they did it with, with a smile, you know, they're very, very kind. And then that very same year I was like, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to New York and train intensively for a month 
each year because I'm, I'm not going to get it by just staying in Santa Barbara. And, you know, I don't feel like I'm actually, I understand everything yet, like at all. So I, it, so I started doing that every month of July, basically going to New York, going to all of the events, taking as many master classes as possible, you know, really like integrating with all of the people that come out there from all over the world and all over the country every summer and learning from these pioneers and starting to really understand, okay, like there's, there's an important lineage that I completely lost. Like when I was growing up in mid Missouri, except for like this random guest artist named Shug Easy who would like come to our studio once every semester and teach a master class. And he's from Kansas city and, you know, guess, guess who's also always coming to the summer events in New York. Shogizi. So now I always hang out with him and, mm-hmm. um, and go clubbing with him. And, and that's the thing is you, you know, you take classes, you go to the events and you go clubbing all night, you go to the sessions. You're basically just always, always training during that month of July. And when I would come back to Santa Barbara, I would bring some of that information, but all of that fire with me. So it would, uh, you know, I could pass some stuff off to the teachers, but I I would do my best to make the connections in the summer to then bring some of those people out to work with the teachers directly. So yeah, it, it was a whole process of going back and forth. And around the second year of doing that is when I decided like, okay, if I'm going to sustain myself at UCSB in this modern and dance world, I I need to do something that's going to keep this fire up and start. And I need to understand a bit more about what these pioneers are talking about and why they decided to go to Europe or go overseas to Japan and teach for years instead of travel around the US and teach. Like why am I just not getting to them and I'm 24, you know? So uh I started taking black studies courses and it was just I was having epiphany after epiphany after epiphany. It was like I'd be sitting in the back of class with my eyes wide open and I'd be taking notes like this is what's happening. Oh my God, that's what I did. Oh shoot, I'm doing that. Oh man, I culturally appropriated. Oh, you know, and I was just, I was just sitting there in the back, like, wow, I'm really waking up right now to like what is kind of going on. And I've always felt like my husband was always talking about it because he was, he's a white man in that street dance community. But to really realize it for yourself takes a lot of work. But then I would leave that class. And like post online, like, all right, we're having an open style session tonight outside of Rob's before the breaking session. If anybody wants to come, <laughs> come on. And so it, fire, it like fired me up. And um, there'd be probably 50% of the nights I'd be out there by myself with my headphones on or with one other person. So like it took a while to build that up to like more like five to seven people when we would throw sessions. So like it's, it's been a progressional thing, but you know, now I'm seeing after going through that, after graduating from UCSB and then after advocating very strongly that there'd be a street dance 
at least one street dance class in the UCSB curriculum. And then, uh, you know, thankfully, with the help of uh, the people in the department and with Jed, my husband helping write the curriculum and, uh, you know, uh, Mary Park taught the class for a couple quarters, you know, we were able to get a street dance class offered at UCSB. And that's, that is still going on. It's not a requirement at all, but it's a first step. And it was the most diverse class they've ever had and the most men they've ever had in a class. And it was capped with uh, 40 people on the waiting list. So wow, yes, it's, it's really, it's really incredible, you know, the need for it. So (laughs) um, we felt like we did at least a little something you know, at, at our time at UCSB. Oh, okay. And then, you know, mind you, we also started a club called Gaucho Street Dance, where Jed would teach different street styles every Saturday night. And he, he's on the House of Ninjas. He, he was a, a voguer. He would walk balls, balls and, and win in New York. And so he taught Vogue, he taught popping, house, um, hip hop. He used to dance with Buddha Stretch on Buddha Stretch's company. And he was on Versa Style. So he trained with Anna Sanchez. So he's taught some whacking. So basically, like, we were building up on the weekends the foundation for a lot of the community to understand these different street styles. And then also because we started this club called Gaucho Street Dance, we were able to bring in, like, get money from the university to bring in guest artists like Sibo, Kim Holmes, Crybaby, and have them actually teach a master class for the dance majors at the university. So there was a lot of advocacy work in trying to get the street dance pioneers into those spaces uh, as well through different mediums. And um, all this is going on, and I'm running a nonprofit, and now we're at 33 classes a week and 17 teachers in Santa Barbara, which is a lot. So it, it was it was a very intense time of like mixing of nonprofit work, community work, university work, going to ballet and modern class, getting that degree done and uh, delving into, uh, you know, black studies and having some major realizations about, about my position as a, as a white woman um, running, running this nonprofit and both the power and the, integrity that needs to be upheld in this position and then the responsibility of doing it in a way that's honoring the um the lineage that I was that I was learning from so yeah I hope that gives context that was a lot <laughs> that was awesome Kelly oh my gosh you know and you you know you said that you and your husband Jed well we did our little part little oh my gosh that was not little you totally influenced that department and you're you've brought in something that is so incredibly important as to study as a dancer as an artist I think it's so necessary and you guys did such a huge part of that oh my gosh now mind you I I, I do want to point out that it was really hard because there was a couple meetings where I made a lot of people mad where I was honest that by somebody waiting four more years to retire and simultaneously deciding not to go to any dance conferences, not to allow diversity 
in to the program through the audition process. And, you know, I pointed out all of these things that by them holding on to their position for four years, that is a whole nother group of students that will not be prepared for the working world in which they will be thrown into as a dancer. And, and then on top of that, you know, saying, you guys aren't even talking about a diversity plan. I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about 15 years, 20 years down the road. What is your plan to diversify the curriculum and the teaching staff and doing that in a way that honors the community that the entire university serves and not just the department because of your audition standards. And, you know, it got very heated and very intense for about a year. And I was really railed into them, right? Um, to the point where I think people started ignoring me. <laughs> and I kind of just, uh, that's why I reached out to people like Mary Fogarty, Monsell Thurden, people who are, are Tiffany Bong, people who are working in the university and, and, and working through this systematic oppression, you know, against uh, a diverse curriculum <laughs> and, and, and diverse faculty and getting their advice on like, how do you not uh, hold bitterness in your system? And how do you just keep working towards your goal in, in, um, in a way that's, that's going to be respectful for everybody involved. So anyway, it, I, I might've made it seem like it was easy, but it was very hard. Oh, no, I know it wasn't easy with everything you had going on. And no, I, I know for, it's and if anyone thinks that it was easy, if any, if everything was easy, everybody would be doing it right. So, you know, so this is, you know, I'm glad that you brought this up because this segues perfectly into a question that I have about conflict resolution versus confrontation, specifically with that situation with Galen Hooks that I saw. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Galen Hooks event was uh, utilizing the structure of what would be considered a structure used within the street dance community for a battle, which is a community event bringing people together, testing skill, honoring lineage, so on and so forth. And she was using the structure, the naming, calling it a freestyle roulette and uh, saying battles to describe the rounds. And then also the describing of the category. So there's heels, and there was feels, which I was like, oh, that, you know, that's fun. And then there was thrills. And it really, you know, stopped me in my tracks. I was already kind of peeved by by the first part. But the thrills really got to me is the description of any type of urban or street dance. Um, locking, whacking, popping, house, <laughs> street jazz mixed in the urban choreography. And I just kind of grabbed my head and I was like, she's labeling this as thrills. Oh, Okay. And then I just started looking through Facebook and mind you, I'm in India. So like, you know, Facebook is, is a pretty good communication tool, but I mainly try to just watch uh, about what's, what's going on and engage when I think is, is uh, necessary. And there was so much passion coming up and, and over four years of being involved in the scene more and more progressively and making my mistakes that I've made and realizing the mistakes that I've made, I just started to go, somebody's got to write this all out. <laughs> like I'm hearing all this stuff. These guys are angry. It's going to eventually come off as 
petty to someone and like, we got to write, we got to do this in a way that is going to be, you know, through love. And obviously it's not a petty argument. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, unfortunately, when people don't understand the details and the, the historical context of an argument, when anger comes about from passion, often people close their ears because they just don't have any framework <laughs> to work with. Yes, so true. That's that's what I'm saying. Is like, okay, I I can't I can't ream into her. Like, I kind of feel like I want to right now, and then simultaneously, I can't do that because you know I'm feeling guilty for what I've done in the past, and you know, really coming to terms before I wrote the thing about what does it mean to have white guilt? What does it mean to have guilt about what I've done in the past? And kind of tried to like, you know guilt in the past and, and, and try to uh, d- devoid of all of those personal feelings before I wrote this, you know what I'm saying? And just mm-hmm. really channel what I've heard in the community. So I spent an entire day, probably like eight, nine hours writing this thing and mixing in anything I've studied from black Marxism to the tap and jazz books that I read when I did independent projects to just history and pointing out like the bottom part of the iceberg um, instead of just the top part of the iceberg and just really trying to show like, Oh, there's a lot here, you know? And, and I don't even think that I did it in its entirety. And anyway, uh, I sent it to Buddha stretch first before I shared it. And I was like, Hey, can you look at this? Can you let me know if there's anything that you see and you don't agree with? And I did that with Monsell too. Cause you know, they're mentors, you know, they're the ones that <laughs> it's, this is their voice basically that I've been hearing. And Buddha stretch said, can I share this? He was like, this, this needs to be shared. And I was like, okay, well, if he shared, so he shared it and then I shared it and it just kind of, it's, it, it spread. And then I just start getting like emails and texts about people's personal relationship to this subject. And they're from either they're from a studio or they're a street dancer teaching in a studio or they're in a university and all of these stories start coming up. And I realized like, oh, this is, yeah, this is really important. Like we need to have these conversations. And after hopping on on the phone calls with them and all of this and seeing the stories people would post along with the blog, you know, it, it was like, okay, this thing is much, it was much larger than I was anticipating. I knew the problem had been going on for a bit, right? But it was a much larger reaction than I think I was anticipating. And, and I try to make it clear in the blog that the Galen is just, you know, doing what has always been done. It's it's no um, offense to Galen. I, I think she made some mistakes, but you know I do think she has a good heart, and uh, that's actually why I wrote the blog because I think she has the power to be an advocate. I know she's an advocate for dance pay on sets, and she's highly respected in both street dance and commercial dance communities. I think just this instance, you know, she didn't really consider the wording and the structure and how it would affect a, a lot of people in the scene. And I don't blame her. I mean, there's the education system in America would not set her up to see this. If I didn't read James Baldwin, <laughs> I wouldn't know <laughs> what, what I was talking about. And I, I still don't know what I'm talking about. And uh, I still hope to get called out on it. So, and, and again, I'm not trying to speak in a way that's over voicing what, what I've heard. I, I hope this inspires 
other people in the community to write, which I, you know, I've heard some people be like, Oh, I got to write a blog. Cause I have an idea about this and this, and I'm a Vogue dancer. I'm like, yes, please write a blog. So, you know, we're not the only ones out here doing it. And um, so, yeah, some people have been writing and, and sharing it. And, and that's so wonderful. So anyway, yeah, I think that was a good instance of pulling in my experience in the commercial world, going into uh, frustrations and findings in the university world, and then deciding to pull it all together to go full circle to explain trends that have been going on since, uh, you know, for hundreds of years on this uh, in this country. And how, you know, how important it is, the very small decisions that we make, how important it is to honor a lineage of, of American created dances or dances created in America. I don't even know if we could call them American dances. Um, that's something that we're, we're currently debating. But yeah, it's important to have these conversations. And I hope that they continue intensively. Galen has not, you know, I've reached out, you know, 20 times <laughs> like, <laughs> we just have on a call please if you don't want to talk to me I got a list of people that you could talk to in the community and like you know I would basically just ask you to talk to him anyway during our conversation so and basically she's like I'm, I'm busy which is understandable I'm busy email my assistants we'll gather feedback blah 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 and I'm like well this is very businesslike and you haven't even acknowledged the outcry from the street dance community publicly. You actually deleted some of the comments. So you are really closing the door and we are trying to like yell at you through this door to talk to you. And you're looking through the people and you see us and you, and you, well, you know, you see the community and you know that you've done, you've taken something inspired from that community I'm not even saying me because I'm I'm a guest, but you're 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 taking something from that community and you're utilizing it for your own business gain, but then you're not listening to that community when they're outcrying and saying we don't agree with what you're doing, you know, and some of them would like to collaborate, and so I I don't appreciate that part, <laughs> but I, I you know she's also um, she's very busy maybe she hasn't really had the time and space to take in and let it sink in what it means if this was a mistake, what it would mean for her entire career if this instance was a mistake, what it would mean for the entire commercial industry if this one instance was a mistake. People would have to reformat. If she lived up to this and she explained and she really genuinely explained to people, to her huge following, what went on and why uh, it needs to change from her end, oh, then there there would have to be so much change in the industry. And and I think that is probably why she has not yet responded is because it's it's going to be a big responsibility. If she the little that I saw just recently about uh, when we were talking about having this conversation is I, I thought that you approached the subject quite professionally and tactfully, and you weren't 
attack and you were stating facts and you're obviously you have very strong opinions about it, rightly so, but I didn't, and you made it very clear you weren't trying to attack. And so I really appreciated that. And I wanted to get your take on it. And, and, you know, as you were talking about the, the different categories and I felt that, and I'm just new to this, you know, learning about this. And I even felt that when you said thrills and the, just that description, mm-hmm. it didn't sit right with me either. <laughs> so right. You know, it, there's something there. It's it's obvious there's something there. There's a reason why it has the lineage it does in the background and why it's important to know that. So I'm so glad that we were able to talk about this and for me to get your perspective well, if, on yeah, this. And, and, when you know, if you're looking at So You Think You Can Dance and maybe one of the judges, you know, maybe one of the uh, white judges says to the street dance dancers, oh, this is a thrilling routine. You're like, what you know your heart goes huh but then you don't mm-hmm. you don't have unfortunately enough history about colonization and cultural appropriation on minority communities we don't have it enough in the education system i didn't even have black history month in missouri so i didn't know who james baldwin or any of these writers were until i was 25 years old <laughs> even know what the reason of the civil war ending or beginning was until I got into college into a black Marxism class come on so anyway how how could you know these how could these people contextualize in their mind and pinpoint historically why they get that gut feeling reaction when they They might not agree with it, but hey, it rhymes with feels and it it rhymes with heels. So, well, it's got thrills. So, you know, it's real cutesy. It's fine. It's fine. And I guess it is kind of thrilling, not realizing that it directly points back to the trend of the minstrel shows during the early, you know, uh, 19th century. It just the, the intense history behind that. And you can ask Monsell about, I mean, he can go on for hours about that, but, you know, it's still very present in our culture. And it's not like if you go to Japan, that's not how they're going to describe it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, uh, yeah. A- anyway, that's what I hope the blog was starting to do. And I'm, and I'm not a, a full dance historian like some of these other people are. So I've actually invited them to please write some more blogs for the open public to utilize, you know, that go more in depth. So my eyes are wide open right now, like what you're talking about when you were in class and (laughs) it's eating all this up. I mean, the little that we've talked about and there's so much more I know. And oh, my gosh, I really am sad that we're getting close to the end of our conversation. But I do have three, three questions that are that I'm, I'm curious to know. These are my three standard questions for my guests at the end. So the first one is, um, what is your favorite dance style and why? Okay, so yeah, recently Chicago footwork. <laughs> yes, I saw your blog on that with uh, being in New York. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yes, that was really cool to read about. Yeah, that. yeah. So I mean, um, took a few classes. I'll try to make it real short. Took a few classes from a little bit. Um, uh, Aunt Natalia, uh, King Charles. And then when we brought Crybaby in for our day of movement for everybody dance now for Santa Barbara's every uh, day of movement, 
we flew them in through LAX and there was a night where there was a footwork session down in Los Angeles. And he was actually staying with Aunt and Tal for a couple nights in Los Angeles. Aunt and Talia are on Creation Global and they had they were at that time living with King Charles. So we all went to the session together. And, you know, I didn't really know much what it was about. So I was asking around, asking around. And and that night happened to be the night that King Charles was coming back from his overseas tour of teaching. And um, so I'm there with Cry and with some of these other people training and, and learning this movement. And I'm just kind of picking it up really quick. I played soccer. I've done a lot of house dance. Um, my dad's a fast it was fast feet. I was in track. I, I was the fastest girl in eighth grade. You know, like I did a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so, um, you know, Charles kind of noticed me, came over and he was like, who are you? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Have you trained with somebody? And I was like, no, I know this is my first session and I've done a couple classes and, you know, um, so I would just got super into the movement and also into conversation with him. And I actually followed up with him afterwards. And I was like, how do I get into your crew? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. That was his reaction. He's like, oh, okay. I see the people in your crew and I respect every single one of them. And I, I love this movement. And I have this gut feeling that like, I need to like, like ask you this question right now. And he's like, yeah, I mean, we'll just keep coming to session. And, and uh, we were going to New York together. And, uh, so anyway, we just kept training and, uh, we actually hung out and trained in New York a lot. Um, Charles and I, and then we went to Chicago. I met all the traveled out to Chicago cause he invited me to stay on his mom's couch and meet everybody else in the crew to see if I'd be interested. And I, and I was, I just like watched and, and danced a little bit, but, um, and then, uh, you know, then we traveled to Colorado. It just happened to be that everywhere I was going to a dance event and he was going and teaching and it was not even planned that way. And so basically I was training and speaking with him at each of these events. And at the same time, like training with Aunt and Tal and going to the sessions, driving down from Santa Barbara to LA every week to go to these sessions and classes. And, and I think I uh, progressed enough to even enter a battle with it. And, you know, anyway, <laughs> So right before, two weeks before we left, um, we're at session and Charles comes over to me with uh, Aunt Talia and pulls us off to the side and gives me the handshake. And he's like, you're in the crew. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a great moment. You know, I saw him for the first time at Dance Fight. It was my first Dance Fight. And um, I came as a spectator, just I'm doing my intel right now on the whole battle scene because it's very fascinating. And so I saw, and he was one of the, he was one of the judges and a featured performer. I'm not familiar with the, with that style of dance, but oh my gosh, it's incredible. Yeah. It's just, it's so engaging to watch, you it's know? It's a mixture of like tap and hip hop and it's got a really rich cu cultural history. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, I'm so amped to be in a crew that I love and respect everybody. And it's like a family and um, there's no like hierarchy in, in a weird way. And then, uh, you know, on, on top of that, like everybody's willing to train with me while I'm here in India, like on Skype. 
Oh my well, gosh, that's fantastic. Thank God for technology. Know, oh my goodness, that's great. Yeah, seriously. But um, I think honestly, the reason why I, I just was like, this is it is because people I've danced with for three, four years, when they saw me do it, they were like, oh, that's your style. Yeah, that's Oh That's really? Your, oh wow! This is your dance, and and it wasn't like, oh yeah, you look pretty good doing it. it. Was like, no, that's that's your style, that's your groove. That's really interesting, Kelly, because when I saw you dance at um at the funk anniversary celebration, I mean, you had such an amazing range of movement vocabulary. So I could, you know, it looked all really good to me. So I could, that's why it's, it's kind of interesting that they say that, because I feel like you're incredibly well versed that I was very engaged by your performance. Thank you. I think, I think maybe what they meant is street styles, like, because I did a lot of contemporary at that performance and my Yes. Some other mm-hmm. basic movement in there. But yeah, in regards to street styles, like I'm not a locker. I'm not a popper. Like I love house, but, uh, you know, I need something a little more quick. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think th- I think it mainly meant like, you know, out of your trials for street dance. Ah, that is really interesting. So um, who is your, my second question is, who is your favorite dancer or choreographer and why? Oh, gosh. Probably more than one, but who would you say right now? Mm. Oh, man, it's changed so much over the years. I think my, my favorite dancer would, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The most technical dancer is probably going to be Brian Green. One of my favorite dance dancers to watch is Sylvie Gilm and oh yes Henry Link from Elite Force and the Nicholas Brothers. Oh my gosh! But then I I don't know choreographer wise. Yeah, I feel like Oha Nareen. I don't know if he's the best choreographer, but he really comes up with some cool stuff. So, yes. <laughs> he's he's up there for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is the dance style? This is the last question of the three. What is the dance style that is currently describing this moment right now, your day? Your, well, it's evening over there, but what what is the dance style that is currently describing your time right now and why? I mean, um, yeah, Chicago footwork. Fire. It's fire element. There's been uh, so much upheaval. We had to get rid of all of our stuff. Seven years worth of stuff. Just get rid of it. Come here with two backpacks. Live in a culture where, like, I kind of have to cover myself and walk around with my husband. And, oh, yeah, like, everything has changed. So much was – and then everything that's happening in California, it's just like, you know, it's been a very fiery time. And the element of fire, like, that type of passion – shows up in, in Chicago footwork. You have to have that when you're entering the battlegrounds. So that's what I would use to describe. Well, you are the first person to, to say that answer. So I'm, I'm glad. And it, it's obviously very appropriate. So if you guys want to check out, and I highly recommend that you do check out the amazing Kelly Foreman, which I wish this conversation went on forever, because it's so exciting for me. You can check her out at kellyforeman.com, K-E-L-L-I-F-O-R-M-A-N.com. You can also check out her company, everybodydancenow.org. And I'll link all of this information and the incredible amount of references that she gave us in the show notes. So Kelly, thank you so much for being on the podcast, sharing your passion, your insight, 
just your knowledge and everything. I'm so thankful that I got to meet you at the Funk Anniversary Celebration. And I look forward to talking again and seeing you again, hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> well, thank you so much for the opportunity. I, you know, I just appreciate that we can have these conversations. Thank you so much for joining me on this session. Remember that you are valuable, your dreams are important, and it's never too late to be great. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by AnnetteBone.com and Dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.